All right, another episode of Silky and Filthy coming right up. Trevor Beggs on his computer pretty much did the whole episode. In fact, he's been doing every episode, I would say, production-wise, by himself. You've just been working, man. Working, working. Hey, what can I say? If you don't like the episode, come give me the heat. Come give Trevor Beggs the heat now. This will be one of the last episodes of Silky and Filthy for quite some time. I think we might be taking a what? A one-week break? A two-week like break? Two break? Yeah, yeah two-week break. You know, the, the network is going to still be busy. We're picking up a fourth show, Nick Bondi, Power of the Towel. You still get Silky. No, you, I just said you don't get Silky and Filthy. You get sipping on a 40. You get, oh, we don't even have the quickie anymore. Damn, the, the network is losing two shows up until mid-January. Damn. Yeah, what's it? What? What? I mean, come on. You, it's the new year. You guys are all working out. You're living up to those New Year's resolutions. You're figuring shit out. You guys, you'll figure life out without the quickie. Please don't cry too much. I will be back soon. He'll take, be back. Trevor Bags, man. Take a look those ear pussies. <laughs> Trevor, man, you have such a potty mouth. I, I've I've realized that through what maybe almost 100 episodes with you, you have a, a big potty mouth. Yeah, no, I try to tone it down sometimes. It's okay. It's okay. It is who you are. You know, I don't take offense to it. I don't I don't get sad. I don't get offended. Like like I said, I have no shame in showing this podcast to my family. I don't care if they, they're like, oh, who's that Trevor guy always swearing, always talking about dicks and boobs and, and sex? Like, It's all good. That's just what Trevor Beggs is. That's what Trevor Beggs is bringing to the world of hockey. Okay, it is what it is. Hey, you know what? You know why you're listening. Because you love dicks, boobs, and sex. And you love <laughs> hockey. That's why you're here on Silky and Filthy. Let's go. Another episode. Decade review episode. It's going to be a fucking great one. Let's go. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome all you Silky Studs to another episode of Silky and Filthy here on the Nux Misconduct Network. You get, is it four shows now? Yeah, you get four. Do the math, dude. Holy shit. One, two, three, four. Oh my God. So there's Silky and Filthy. Boom. There's the quickie. Boom. Fastest hockey show in the world. Oh man. You get sipping on a 40. Okay. It's an amazing show with this guy beside me, amazing, Kyle Bowen. Amazing. Holy Ladies, shit. Ladies, amazing podcasting, okay? Ladies, amazing podcasting. Now, now, you better hope the Canucks win a cup this decade because Kyle mentioned on a previous episode about going on a celibacy streak that the Canucks win the cup. Yeah, it's got to happen, and it's it, it just has to happen. I don't have to go into grave detail about why but it just it just seems right you know i'm doing it for the city and right. i love the city we didn't mention the ford show while trevor was listing off the names power of the talent nick bondy the newest show Let, let's keep it real right now okay let's be friends i know bondy's gonna listen to this and i just want to reassure to him that that it, it is okay now this guy yesterday okay he meets me at whole foods and he's like yo i sent you the episode um it's good but it's it's not like sipping you know it's it's not that good i was like yo chill Right? Chill. Yeah, no exactly. pressure. Nick Bondi has showed, shown up every single week since September to the studio. On some weeks, he shows up twice, and he puts in the work. He hasn't put an episode out yet because he's sticking to the plan, sticking to the script. Dude, have fun. 
That's what that's what hockey's all about, man. It's no that's, pressure, that's baby. What this podcast is about every Wednesday. That's what the network's about. Exactly. I hope you, I hope you all have fun listening because every Wednesday that I come to the studio, I'm having fun doing the show. I wake up in the morning. I'm having fun having a quickie. I mean, doing the quickie. Woo! Hey. My bad. Okay. Um. So we I, again, hockey's all about entertainment. We try to have some fun. Yeah. And uh, hope you guys all uh, and gals and gals too. Hope you all have fun listening to this show. Now for this episode, I know we talked a lot about predictions for 2020 the new the new decade Kyle celibacy streak all that mm-hmm. but this episode is going to focus on what happened in the last decade now we did a top 10 beauties of the decade post that's a fucking fantastic listen so go get that one if you haven't listened to it already this one is the top 10 storylines of the decade and whose point of view trevor bags my point of view so, so if you so. listen to the last one about the beauties of the decade you probably got mad at number 10 and number nine because henrik and daniel were missing and this guy replaced Henrik and Daniel with fucking Chris Latang and Steven Stamkos. And you might be irate. In fact, there there's there's a good chance that people unsubscribe to the network because of the, those choices. I, I guarantee, man, you'll be in you'll be in Australia when the when the heat is coming our way. When they see Chris Latang making the top ten players of the decade, they will be irate. But I fuck with it because it's it's all about Trevor and his own opinion. And there's really nothing I can say. Real talk, because I took three or four years off the game, so I couldn't make the list, and I couldn't make this list, too. I wasn't allowed. It wouldn't yeah. work. That's all good, man. I think Chris Chris Letang took a year off, too. He's missed a lot of hockey. So hey, it's, uh, just he's a warrior. He's a warrior. Yeah, and he's got the cup wins to back him up as well. Okay. Now, let's get just let's get right into it, okay? Top 10 storylines of the decade. This one's going to go a bit all over the place. We're going to throw a few little Easter eggs in there as well. Okay. Break up the list. A couple other top fives. All right. I'm all about the list. I'm a fucking list guy. Okay? People love the list. It's like crack. Dude, sports fans love lists. Think about every single sports program out there. They end their show with a top 10, a top 5, a top 3, a top 4. It happens. You know, if you're from Canada watching TSN, how many times do you see the same damn top 10 list at the end of each episode? Like, Who are the producers over there at TSN? You can't think of anything new. They run the same ones. Top 10 blowups. Top 10 blowouts. Top 10 losses with a minute left. Top 10 Game 7 series. Top 10 this. Top 10 that. Who's the producer? Make some, make something up. Do something new. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. I got all kinds of crazy lists out there, man. But let's just get into it. Top 10 storylines of the 2010s in the NHL. Number 10, getting right into it, the analytic wars. Mm. Hockey saw a complete revolution in the way we analyzed the game in the last decade. And it kind of started in the late 2000s. With um, guys like Tyler Dello and there's that Ferrari guy. I can't remember his name, but um, even even for me as a guy, I've been writing about hockey since 2013 for for different outlets, and I'm not the most I'm not the biggest the the most intelligent stats guy out there. But in almost every article, I'm either writing about some stats or I'm analyzing the stats, and that's helping form my opinion. Now, I'm not gonna be one of those guys that says, "Oh, I don't watch the games. All I need to do is look at the stats." That's bullshit. Because hockey's a fucking fun game, and if you're doing that and you're not watching, you're a fucking idiot. Just oh, gotta say fucking, it. Fucking, you drop that right off the top, man. They're man. That's kind of mean. You, you never heard about some analytics guys that like, I don't need to watch hockey? Have you ever been called a fucking idiot? Lots of that's times. That's mean. Man. Come on, you fucking idiot. It's like, damn, that hurts. Maybe I am a fucking idiot, man. Maybe. Can I, can I, I tell you a story about this whole analytical thing? And of course, of course. I'm going to have to grow up and respect it more because it is a part of. Sport. Do you not respect it now? I can't lie. I don't think I respect it enough. I bought a book on it. I, I, I read about five pages because it was hard. I need to. I need someone to teach me about that textbook. I need to go to school regarding that book. I think it's called Slap. Oh no, 
Stat Shot. It's called Stat Shot. Good book. I think it's somewhere in the studio. Somewhere hiding, collecting dust. Rob Volman? Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the whole analytical thing, it's it's not for me. I'm more of an eye test type of person. The thing that pisses me off, and it probably works both ways, is when is when those analytical folk think that it's not good enough that I just have this eye test thing going on. You know what I'm saying? The eye test still matters because we're talking about the moment. You know what I'm saying? So many things can happen where what data is showing you is not the main reason for, once again, that thing happening. Right. It's it's one of those things. But I, I have been reading more of those analytical type articles, and they're interesting as fuck. Like, interesting as fuck. They really are. Real talk. They're They're deep. They make you think about the game differently. And we live in, what, 2019, 2020 now? Come on. Everything is analytical analytical base. We're talking about every single thing in the world. People are just collecting data, using that data to make assumptions, predictions, to make up facts. It is what it is. I'm used to it, but it is it has become a big big part of the game, especially in this dec- decade and man, it w- it was a war. I remember that shit on Twitter. Yeah, I can't wait to see where it goes in the next decade. Like, there's gonna be player tracking. Like, I think it's gonna be like chips and helmets and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, people are like every everything's. There's a lot tracked now. Like people tracking like dump ins and uh, zone entries and all that stuff. Like that's something that wasn't being done a long time ago. So can't can't wait to see where it goes in the next decade. No argument from Kyle about the analytics wars being a storyline on this list. I'm gonna get right to number nine. This is recent news, but I'm gonna go with the coaching revelations in the NHL. A little rev- a little mini revolution happened. In the right latter the half of 2019, yeah. it started with the Babcock story uh, about Mitch Marner and the way he treated him, and then the whole Bill Peters thing from Akeem Alou, and then it just shit hit the fan after that. Stupid. All these players coming out, telling their stories about coaches abusing them. You're right. It is a different time now, and some of this stuff seems shocking, but you're right, that, and that's what, exactly what it was, though. It was shocking. I mean, again, 20 years ago, this stuff wasn't really taboo. It was just a part of the game, a part of the way coaches worked. Um but again, a, a, a light got shone on it at, at towards the end of the decade here. And it's, uh, you know, the, the whole racist stuff obviously has no place in the game. But yeah, you, you, just stuff you don't think about. Coaches abusing guys. And you hear stories dropped all the time. Like this one was kind of, was underreported. But I heard a story on Spitting Chicklets from Adrian Coin talking about how Mike Keenan nicknamed John Bashir Chocolate. Like just, wow. just shit like that. Are you serious? Yeah. <sighs> it's, it's, a, it's a crazy world. Again, it's... The silver lining is that now that we're talking about this, it's probably... it's not That's gonna, fucked up, dude. Yeah, I know, right? And no one really talked about that because this happened like a couple of weeks ago, like after after all this died down. But to me, it's one of the biggest yeah, stories it, of the decade it, it, because coach is a huge part of a hockey team. Oh, yeah, man. It's If that interview came out two weeks ago, everyone's talking about it, but the world moves so fast. I mean, we're just talking about impeachment i just learned about this shit president trump no longer like i just learned about that people are going to be on that people people hop on from one thing to to another the whole coaching thing in my opinion it it had to happen and it's ironic that it happened at the latter of the decade i feel like a new start a new beginning for the nhl is about to happen and on top of it you get all these great players so it all happened for a reason and i believe it's for the betterment of the nhl fuck fuck bill peters though real talk yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, real talk. You know, it's gonna take it's gonna take a while for me to forgive that dude. I, I, I'm a guy who who believes in forgiveness, but that shit was just stupid as fuck, yo. The whole Babcock thing, 
it wasn't right as well. But I have never played ice hockey before. So I look at it from the outside. It seems really ridiculous. And from the media standpoint and from for- former players, they, they, they thought it was ridiculous also. I don't have that much of an attachment to the issue. But everything involving harassment of players and racism, that shit just got to go, man. That shit does not fly. It should have never it should have never flown in this atmosphere of the NHL in the first first place. But again, a new decade. I'm just you can hear it from my voice. I got no energy to talk about this shit. I'm just over it. I'm just over it. But it was a huge deal this decade. A huge deal. I, what we saw in the last what two months, that is like that happened in one of the four major sports in North America. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> shit was just hitting the fan. And then Montgomery loses his job over God knows what. Maybe, hey, maybe it's this episode's coming out like two weeks after we actually record it. So, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe we know by now. But, yeah, it's uh, and I'm curious how it's going to change the minor levels, too. I always thought of this mm-hmm. coaching thing. Always like, for the kids. You, you know, know? But the, you know about the Zimbardo experiment, right? With like the prisoners and the guards. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I kind of think about that. Like guys, they move up the ranks. They're coaching minor hockey and then they start coaching at, at higher levels. And they just start kind of abusing their authority a bit, right? It's and it's sad, but yeah, again, hopefully we're kind of past that now. And uh, even though it's happened at the tail end of the decade, I still think it's one of the biggest stories of the decade. This is it's oh it's, yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's really changed the game of hockey a little bit. It is, and again, we're gonna see a positive, a very positive result from it. Real talk, we need more positivity in the world, and a lot of bullshit when it comes to the head coaches in the NHL just just took over in 2019 at the end of 2019 and it was uh it was sad it was sad i didn't like it i didn't fuck with it at all being a hockey podcaster a hockey blogger whatever you want to call it former host of hockey night in canada who knows <laughs> it it was just it was just a time where i felt really turned off from the game and it sucked because i've never seen better hockey in my life yeah you're right Hockey's gotten better and better this decade. We'll get to that a bit later. Because I no worries about the negativity because at number eight, it's a positive story. Let's go. For me, it's the return of the Winnipeg Jets. It's something we kind of mm-hmm. forget about because it happened at the beginning of the decade. But man, that hockey market, it was so sad when they left in the nine in the mid-90s. And I know Quebec left at the same time. I, I kind of hope they get their team back in the next decade. But fucking Atlanta, man. I mean, I'm so glad that <laughs> yeah. an undeserving market like Atlanta gets gets the axe yeah. and Winnipeg got their team back. 14 people still suffer from the Thrashers. I, I got to say, though, Atlanta. if you follow Atlanta Thrashers on Twitter... Oh, like, they're hilarious. Yeah, so funny. I had some good back and forth with them. I think yeah. I retweeted a picture of their team that made the playoffs in 07 or something like that. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's were, name some players from that from that roster. Kozlov. Yeah, Vyacheslav Koslov, right? Um, what's that? Valabic? Yeah, oh, Boris Valabic. He was the bust, yeah. Kari Letton? Ron Hainsey was on that team. You kind of forget about that. Ron Hainsey? Ron Hainsey oh, was Brian on that team. Oh, Brian Little was on that team too, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you had Andrew Ladd too, of Andrew Kane. Oh, that was later, yeah. yeah I'm trying to think about some of the old... They weren't on the 07 team, though. Yeah, not, 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 yeah, not quite 07, no. Yeah, that team was just random. Yeah, had a lot Kovalchuk. of that, guys. It was Kovalchuk, yeah. Patrick Stefan. <laughs> oh, man. What yeah. a what a team, what a franchise, what a city. Yeah, man, Winnipeg getting another team. I'm all for Canada getting more teams. Real talk, Canada, get more teams this decade. The, the country deserves it. There's a city out there that deserves it. I just want more arenas being filled up. Now, I'm saying that when I just, when I just learned that Edmonton hasn't been selling out games. Obviously, Ottawa hasn't been selling out games. Yes, not everything is perfect up here, but man, people love hockey up here in uh, 
it's nothing against America. I just feel like this this test has gone on for a long time, and we do need to even out the league. And I hope. Oh well, Seattle's having a team. What am I saying? What yeah, fuck am I saying I was about to go on a rant there, and I was like, "What? What about Seattle's getting the team, baby?" Yeah, that's and good. I, I fuck with that. I fuck with Seattle. Yeah, that's gonna be a fun route for go America. All, all my wish, and I've been preaching this for a long time, is give, give the fucking Panthers to Quebec. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's eight, go. Eight Canadian man. teams make it an even quarter. Atlantic, of the league. yeah, man. Let's come go. on. All right, all right. Before we get to the rest of the list, let's break it up. I got a top five right here. I'm gonna go top five. Best series of the decade. Oh shit! Okay, okay. We're gonna talk. All about, right. We're gonna talk a little more cup finals later. So these series, and again, I, I didn't go spend hours slaving over this, but these are kind of five of the best series that popped into my mind. Um, I, I went with number five, Pittsburgh and Washington in 2017. It was our second of three meetings in a row in the second round. Uh, in my opinion, it was the best one. It was the only one they went to Game Seven. Um, and yeah, Washington just came so close, so close. They eventually got past Pittsburgh on the third try in Canuck-esque fashion in 2018. But in 2017, they were getting there. They were getting there. They were on the way. Good series. Good series. But hey, and and the Pittsburgh win led to their their uh, little, little two peat there. So that's significant, man. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, number four, I have LA coming back from three nothing to beat San Jose in 2014. That was a series right there, man. I mean, two two physical bruising teams. The Sharks, they're they're definitely firmly entrenched in the sad club right now. Oh, 100 um, percent But yeah, that that LA team just did some miraculous shit. Miraculous, in the last yeah. You know, the eighth seed in 2012, coming back from that Boom, bam. deficit. Um and it felt like after they and that was only round one. After they won that series, it felt like they weren't gonna lose. Yo, was Drew Dowdy on your top ten list? Nope, he wasn't. <sighs> Sorry to fucking hurt your ears there, but that's how I'm just, man, Chris Letang over Drew Doughty. That's that's my partner. Maybe I'm a Drew Doughty hater. Maybe you are. Yo, Drew Doughty, incredible defenseman. Those Kings teams, for whatever reason, they were just fantastic. They were great. They all yeah. bought in. They had a great time. They had a fun, fun group of guys. I think the chemistry was just unreal there. You know, everything kind of broke apart at the end and things were hitting the fan and people were talking about oh what this player was doing on his off time and that player doing on his off time blah 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 at the end of the day <laughs> on the ice when they were going they were winning cups cups remarkable remarkable and like you said in in phenomenal fashion yeah exactly and you know i think Maybe my soft spot is for Chris Letang because he's underrated. I think people don't realize how, how good he actually is. Yeah, I know. I'm just fucking busting your balls, bro. It all is what it is. You've watched more hockey than me, so all you got to say is, what do you know? Hey, these balls That's all are- you got to say. Next time I say it to you, call out the Chris Letang thing. All you say is, shut the fuck up. What do you know? You took three years off. I've watched 300 more hockey games than you this decade, so shut the fuck up. Hey, what can I say, man? What You're just can too nice, I say? Man. My balls are made of steel at this point, man. Okay, fair enough. Seriously. Made a steal. It's fucked Damn, up. That's that's hard to carry around. <laughs> All right, let's go. Number three, I have Philly and Pittsburgh round one in 2012. This was the series. Oh. Remember that series? It was a ball hockey series, bro. Oh, my God. I think there was 45 goals scored. Um, and then it was just a, such a physical series, too, man. That was Crosby, Giroux. Yeah. Sorry, James Neal hit on uh, Couturier. Yeah. That was crazy. You yeah. just had characters. You, you had Talbot. You had Hartnell. Yep. Aaron Asham, I believe. Just like physical players, man. People who are just pieces of shit. Crosby got involved. And here's the thing about Evgeny Malkin, too. When he's going and it's an intense series, this guy turns into a piece of shit, too. 
it was an incredible series, man. Incredible. Yeah, it was a good one for sure. The Flyers actually ended up winning that one too. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, that was the one from where people were just shitting on Mark Andre Fleury. He had a terrible series. Oh man, he was horrible, bro. <laughs> he let everything in. Yeah, it was. It wasn't a good series. And, and Brisgallov was it Brisgallov? Or? I believe it was Brisgallov. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So many goals in that series, man. It was. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, number two, I'm going back to Philly as well. I kind of debated putting the Philly-Pittsburgh one at number two here, but... Uh, the comeback, right? Yeah, it was the comeback, yeah. And that series was crazy too, man. I mean, Philly, first of all, they made the playoffs in a fucking shootout win. Oh, yeah, in the last then, game of the year. Then they go down 3 nothing to Boston, and then in game four, they were it, down like 3 nothing. Incredible, down, man. Oh, incredible. Man. I remember that. They were down 3 nothing in game seven after coming back from 3-0. You're thinking, okay, it's over. The luck has run out, but bam. What they did... Oh, man, that was, that was beautiful to watch, man. That really was. That was incredible. Yeah, and even in game four there, you had the Flyers winning, and then Recky ties it, and it goes to overtime in game four. And then Simone Gagne, what a legend. He oh, gets legend. it done. Man, this that was a fun series, too. And then the Flyers, when they're playing well, they lose Brian Boucher. That's when Michael Layden came in. Mm. There was, uh, oh, man, that was a, that was a great series. Um, Remember the Canucks had, like, Schneider, Luongo, and these guys made the finals with, <laughs> with Layden. Boucher and, and Layden. Yeah. Remember this classic 2010 Niemi versus Michael? And who Layden was their battle. number? Like, was it Robert Esch still for them? No, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking. I thought it was. Bo I think it was Boucher, wasn't it? I don't know, man. This incredible, man. Incredible. I don't know how they did it. Um, you're gonna see the Canuck bias seep through uh, here, but I, I'm putting the Canucks in Chicago round one, 2011, number one on the list. Maybe I'm being a bit sentimental. You are. Actually, I, I do think it was a good series, though. I really do think it was a good series. It had the drama. It was a third time in a row these teams had met. They knew each other very well. Uh, there's a lot of good games in, in that series for sure, man. But uh, the fact that Chicago almost pulled off the comeback, there was drama, there was intrigue. You know, there was game six that went to overtime. Um, yeah, it was just, that was such a fun series to watch. One of, one of my favorite series of the decade. Um, a little biased there, but hey, what can I say? One, one of the best, it was the best goal I've ever seen in my life. Burroughs in uh, game seven against Chicago. So this guy's about to cry. Being said to matter, Matt, where's the video? I said, where's was, the Burroughs? I clip? said Robert Ash was like their number one before he got hurt and Boucher and Lane had to step in. No, I was way wrong. Robert Ash stopped playing for the Flyers in what, 2007? Yep, that's what you need to know about my hockey IQ. Maybe it was John, was John Van Viesbroek in that thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> Fuck, dude. Oh, man. Okay, let's get back to the top 10 storylines list. Uh, number seven, another feel good story. But I'm going with the St. Louis comeback because I don't think we're ever going to see something quite like what the St. Louis Blues... Number seven, eh? I thought that, that thing was pretty low. It might be, man. It might be. It's, hey, it's a great list, though, so far. Hey, it could be you, It could be debated. It could be debated. Oh, yeah, because what, like you said, you, you we may never see this again. I, I don't think you and I are going to see this again. And I already told the viewers and the listeners, I'm trying to be on this earth for another 75 years. Yes, what St. Louis accomplished, you will not see it. Within the next 75 years. I can guarantee that. They went they went to the bottom of the standings. They fired the coach. Called up a rookie goaltender. Not only just a rookie. A 20, what, 26-year-old rookie? 26-year-old guy who's in the ECHL. So, yeah, this dude's just a bum. Somewhere down there. They just needed someone to play a net. And next thing you know, they go on this crazy, just crazy run. And they win the Stanley Cup for the first time in franchise history. This... This was remarkable, man. It was, it still, it still lingers in my mind all the time. I mean, when you look at teams who are not in the playoffs right now and what they could do later, you're always asking yourself, you never know. You never know. You never know. What St. Louis did 
shouldn't have happened, but it did. Yeah, but that's why you watch the sports, man. That's that's, that's why they play the games, as they would say. As, that's as why Bob, they play the game. As Bob Cole would say, man, uh, overrated, in my opinion. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because we got to see uh Yeah, we saw shitty ending. Bob Cole. Yeah, I know, I know, I ending. know. I'm being a bit of a hater. It's okay. Um, but yeah, St. Louis Blues. I, I think you're going to see teams have a rookie goaltender step up. Like, that's going to happen every once in a blue moon. But yeah. the fact that they were last place in January, we're in not just January, like, not American Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. You know, the little standard they have set up on. Past the midway point of the season, they were dead last. Like, to even make the playoffs was impressive. Yeah. And, bro, they were on such a roll that didn't they finish second in their division? Oh, yeah. They had, they had a. They were playoffs. just, they were on. Fire, absolute fire at the end of the year. They actually they, finished, they took over. They, they finished third. Um, but okay. like Winnipeg, Nashville, and St. And St. Louis were all in a oh, dogfight yeah. for first. It was all, it was really close. It was that was ridiculous. And yeah, the St. Louis Blues, the St. Louis fans deserve everything. They really do. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna take a bit of a different turn. And this uh, this top five or top five, this top ten is going all over the place here on Silky and Phil D. I think this is the first episode that's gonna come out in 2020. So happy New Year to y'all. If we haven't wished you a happy New Year, what's yet. your resolution, man? We need to pick up the energy. Okay, we got six more items on this list i feel like the energy's been kind of dry it's the second recording of the day so the vocal cords are you know kind of stiff need some water need some tea maybe need some weed but we don't have that time right now okay we gotta pick it up we got six more to name on the list the energy has to go a bit up and it's gonna start with me asking trevor what his new year's resolution is now don't be fucking broad don't be boring be specific what's the goal Tell the listeners. Put it out there in the universe. Well, this ain't, this ain't broad or boring, but you really want to know my New Year's resolution? Yes, yes, yes. It's no more condoms. No uh, more condoms in 2020, man. <laughs> Trevor's trying to make a baby. It's going to be a beautiful thing. I'm going to become an uncle to mm, a, somewhere down to like a beautiful crazy Caucasian river. young boy or girl. Or why not? Who cares? You know what, Trevor? Why not have quadruplets? Yeah, you know what? The more uh, I've learned about... Uh, hey, there's no way you want quadruplets. You can be honest, bro. Fuck Let's no, be real. Fuck no. I got to say, though, yo, <laughs> my, my, my wife's got twins in her genetics, though. Oh, like her, shit, her it's happening. Her mom was a twin. Her grandma's a twin. Fuck, Mile high know, club, a little turbulence, something happens. She has it in her DNA. Quadruplets. Holy if that happens, shit. there's no more quickie. There's no <laughs> yeah, more silky and filthy. Yo, Trevor has... Yeah, there's no... <laughs> the studio has to move into your basement. That's yeah. the only way the shows would survive. Quadruplets? We're talking about... Yo, that's... You're going to ask ask for a raise and get a second job. Maybe <laughs> a third shit, job. Man. Incredible. But you know what? If it happens, yeah, I'll do my best. You know, I'll babysit. Would you let me babysit your kids? Fuck yeah, man. Thanks, man. You'd be a great guy babysitting. Dude, somebody today, actually, from work, they asked me this random question. Like, They're like, do you like kids? You know, some, some 50-year-old Asian dude. Super nice dude. Very intellectual individual. And I was like, you know what, man? I like being an uncle. Well, I mean, the first Halloween I went out with you, you you were the drunk uncle. Yeah, exactly. You know, I like being the uncle. I'll take care of your kids. Do I want any kids? Right now, are we really going here? Yeah, why not? Down the road. They just haven't, you know, crossed the mind. I haven't, I haven't found that girl well, it's to a, it's take, a, it's take on seven dates. It's you know? on 2030 when you have that arranged marriage after the Canucks oh, go yeah, 10 years in the cup. Oh, yeah, there you go. I've already set Just kidding, up. man. The Canucks are winning the cup in the 2020, so it's all good, man. Hey, if, good if it go. comes down to it and I got to get an arranged marriage, it's all good. It's part of the tradition. It's part of the religion. It's part of uh, you know my background. And if that's how Junior Bowen, Bobby Bowen is created, it is what it is, right? Yeah, it's going to take a turn, but what, what's your take on arranged marriages? Like I said, if it wasn't for arranged marriage... I wouldn't be here now. <laughs> I just said I'd be down for it. 
Is that just for content? I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? But I'm down for arranged marriage. You know? Yeah. The whole, I always found the idea a bit strange. I guess that's an outsider's point of view. But yeah, it's okay. You read stories about it working. Yeah, of course. So Trevor was so scared to use the word strange. It's all good, man. It's all good. It is kind of strange. What's the what's the definition of the word strange? Arrange, arranged marriages are strange, but for some reason, somehow, some way, they work. Sometimes, like anything, like any relationship, you know, they work. Yeah, exactly, sometimes. exactly. I know, I know. There's stats about like divorce rates being higher for non-arranged marriages, but you know, it's all you got to take it all with a grain of salt, right? It's there's different circumstances all around. But okay, last uh, question. Last question about this before we go on to the list, the important list. Okay, we're gonna kill the last six items on this list. I get an arranged marriage. So she comes over here from Fiji. I'm assuming that I don't I don't move to Fiji, which I'm I'm open to at that point. I mean, I don't got a hockey team to watch anymore. I just give up at that point, you know? What's the point <laughs> of being in Vancouver anymore if the team just never going to fucking win a cup? So let's say I move to Fiji, she comes here. The first time I meet her, I got to take her on a nice date because I don't know you, but you're going to be my wife. So it's going to have to be a a long date, a long walk on the beach. Yes, ladies, long walk on the beach. I'm going to write you a letter. You know what I'll do? I'm going to give her a book that I wrote. Wow. Nice, I'm going to be like, learn who I am, so and I will learn who you are. So you're writing like an autobiography. By yeah, the just, end, just by one copy. Just one copy. Okay, all right. I'd all read right, that book, not? man. And I'm going to tell her to start a podcast so I can get to know her. Or maybe her and I can start a podcast. Oh, I listened to that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Get to know the balance. Uh, the Bowens, man. There we go. And I'm going to have my show. It'd be Begsy and the Quadruplets. So there we go. This, <laughs> this is the 10-year window right now. Oh, good oh time, man. man. It's going to be beautiful, man. Oh, man. Can't wait for the future. Okay. Think, speaking of things that make your head spin, number six on the list, story-wise, was the concussion epidemic in the NHL. That was, man, kind, of a, that was kind of a grim segue. but uh, it, it is what it is. It's kind of similar to the coaching revelations. The concussion problem really came to light in the last decade. Oh, you, yeah. You had players suing the league for negligence on concussions. You now have players speaking out about concussions, like Daniel Carcillo. Um, I even listened to Ryan Kessler on the Kess and Juice podcast oh, yeah. talking about uh, the test that he's getting done so that he can, you know, Dude, didn't he think straight again. He announced that he... He had like over 10. Yeah, well, Kessler said he was only diagnosed with one, but he probably had at least 15, 20 more. Because think about it, you get your bell rung a lot. Yeah. It happens a lot in sports, so. Well, the, yeah, the education this this decade on concussions just went through the roof, and rightfully so. We're talking about the livelihood of these individuals, these athletes that provide us entertainment. And at the end of the day, they are just playing a sport, so. Do what you got to do, man. Do what you got to do. It's uh, As someone who, who loves the physicality of hockey, of football, I still watch, even though all these problems have have come up and all these players have, have talked about the lack of education that they receive from these leagues and, the, and just the rush of get, getting these players back in the lineup, the need yeah. to get these players back in the lineup without the education. Yeah, it's sad. It sucks. It's bad. For some reason, I keep watching these sports and turn a blind eye to the facts but at least it's, now it's weird at least now that players who are going into sport they know the risks and that's yeah. it that was a huge thing to come out of this decade yeah. too. players know the risks and, and a lot of them came out saying they'd still do it yeah oh for sure a lot of them didn't but a lot of them have it's it's a fine line and it's uh what they now they know the risk now they know what they're signing up for yeah fair enough man yeah. fair enough before they really didn't now they really really know and I, I think that a large portion still would do it. 
they will play the sport, the game they love, the occupation that they chose. And life's not easy, man. Life's not easy. And at the end of the day, I just wish that everyone that has suffered through concussions and is going through an absolute shitty part of their lives due to the sport they played and due to the entertainment that they provided strangers gets the help that they deserve. Life is long. Life is beautiful. And yeah, that shit's sad, man. That shit's sad. And fanhood's forever in sports, but uh, life as an athlete is short, man. It's very exactly, short. So exactly. you, got, you got to think about your head. Uh, I'll end it on a good note, too. I mean, there was a couple of things to come out. Uh, the NHL settled out of court with uh, a couple hundred players for almost 20 million bucks, 18.9 million to give them some relief. I mean, that, that's some damage control there. Probably should be more, but hey, it's it's a start. And it's just si- a start, and, yeah. and Sidney Crosby, okay? This is one of the biggest concussion stories of the decade. Sidney Crosby's career was in jeopardy. We might have not seen Sidney Crosby lead his team to two other Stanley Cups, you know? But he made it. He made an incredible comeback, and he's been a dominant, dominant, dominant player in the league ever since. We mentioned it on the Beauty Power Rankings. If you haven't listened in, go listen in. Come on. Find out Sydney who's number Crosby one. Sidney Crosby is on that fucking list. Um, and again, one of the big things about the decade and his performance was that comeback. Made a crazy comeback. He's been great ever since. Great game against the Islanders in the comeback. Um, and yeah, I'm just glad that we know more about concussions now. It's, it's, and now guys, yeah, again, can make their own choice going to the sport. 100%. When it, when it first started happening, what, like seven, eight, nine years ago, when it became a, it became the deal that it was supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be a big deal. Real talk, because we're talking about the livelihood of these players. I just remember being confused, you know, didn't these athletes know? Who cares? You know, it's it's part of the game. You're going to get injured. Why are you making such a big deal out of this? Why are you suing the league? Why, why do people not want to put their kids into hockey anymore, football, blah, blah, blah. I didn't get it, but the older I got, yeah, being around other older people and just understanding the value of life. Again, these athletes who are going through shit because they entertain strangers for a living, I just wish them the best. Like, figure it out. Get the help you de- help help you deserve. If you got to sue the league and get your money, sue the league and get the money. <laughs> Real talk. I don't think it's going to put an end to the sport. I just want those who deserve deserve it a, a better life, man. Real talk. Hey, get paid, get laid, and get healthy. There you go. Number five, I wanted to give a shout out to the mini dynasties taking place. The, the term dynasty has changed in the NHL. And mini dynasty is the right word or the right words to use to describe this decade. I think you could use mini dynasty. You could use modern dynasty. Um, but we saw a few of them take place in the last decade. And I think you got to give a shout out to the LA Kings, two cups in three years, Blackhawks, three cups in five years, and Penguins had the three-peat. And three cups in a decade, if you want to count uh, the 2009 Stanley Cup win. This is the new NHL. Parity is so crazy. And I almost debated making that a story because parity is at a level that it's never been at before. I think it's great for the game. But the fact is that you can still see teams win multiple cups. This isn't just like, not every year is going to be like a St. Louis. We're going to have times in the 2020s when there's going to be teams that are going to win more than one cup. Yeah, I guarantee, it. I guarantee one team in the next decade is going to win more than one cup. So it's going to be 10 new cup winners. We pretty much saw Chicago, LA, Toronto. And a tr- Toronto? Did I say tr- whoa, 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 whoa. Cut the show, man. Cut the show. Oh, my God. If you, if you mean I'm Dynasty. I'm to say Pittsburgh. I don't know why the fuck I said Toronto. You got to man, oh, man. Is that is that foreshadowing that Toronto is going to have a, a little dynasty here in the, the 20s? I don't know. I don't know, but we saw, yeah, we saw wow, multiple, multiple mini dynasties, and it was, it was incredible to see, to, to just to see Sidney Crosby and Malkin do it back to back years, and not have them spread apart. That was that was magical, yo. Yeah, that's hard to do in any sport, and they were able to do it 
And I feel like it doesn't get enough credit. I really don't. Yeah, I don't think so either. Because I guess... That's later in their careers too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah in their 30s, right? I don't know. I think people I, in this day and age, it's so easy to just kind of focus on a niche on what you like to do, mm-hmm. which isn't great news for Silicon Filthy. But we hope you guys love this fucking show because Pop it's, am- bullshit, it's amazing. Let's go, Let's go, baby. Oh, my God. But um, yeah, people get so focused on their own team or maybe their own little story that they kind of lose the bigger picture, right? In the days of newspapers, like that was all people talked about, right? So I don't know. Maybe that's why they don't get enough credit. But um, yeah, this is, this is just the new NHL, okay? It's, you're still going to see these mini dynasties. And we saw the birth of them in the last decade, Kyle. You know what else we saw in the last decade? What? We saw some long fucking cup droughts snapped, okay? Mm-hmm. So here's a little top five to break up the episode. But... It's going to come after commercial because we got to get paid, yo. I'm in Australia right now. I'm blowing some cash. I need you guys to listen so that I'm not eating fucking craft dinner for two months after I come back. So thank you for listening to Silky Filthy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, all you silky studs. Welcome back to Silky and Filthy. Welcome to 2020. Hope it's been treating you well so far. I know for sure it's treating me well down in Australia. I was treating Kyle well because he's probably broken his celibacy streak by now. I mean, let's be real. Let's be real, Kyle. Who knows? You, you Who broken knows? It. No, no, no. You know, like I said, it's uh, what? This episode's coming out in a couple weeks doing the math. I don't think I have time due to workload. You know, it's hard running this damn network. Okay, it's not easy. Okay, it's not easy. It's going to take a lot of work. I don't think I have time to fit in seven dates. And once again, yeah, I'm, I'm the seven that's, date that's man. That's your problem right there. Yeah. It's not the problem, man. This guy thinks it's a problem. He thinks I'm overdoing it. I'm going to show off my chivalry in those seven dates. Yeah, for sure. The seven date rule. Why not? Why I, not? I respect it, man. I respect it. Come on, it. man. And uh, okay. It's not like I'm going to be, uh, you know, it's not, it's not going to be lame. Maybe she'll get teased the whole time. You know, it'll just, it'll just Woo. add up. To the to the bubble, and then when it bursts, it's gonna be fucking beautiful, fucking amazing, fucking fucking sexy. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man, it's fucking seven day bowing, baby. Let's go. There we go, seven date bowing, man. What a title, what a title. Ah, <laughs> what up, ladies? Uh, it's, speaking of snapping some streaks, uh, these uh, these five teams snapped some pretty long cup droughts. I want to give the top five longest cup droughts that were snapped in the 2010s. Um, let's go with number five. <sighs> The Boston Bruins, man. Boston Bruins, mm-hmm. 39 years. Move on. Next one. Uh, Washington Capitals. Best one. Exactly. Best one. I'm glad you said a 42-year streak. Los Angeles snapped a 45-year streak. Chicago snapped a 47-year streak. And the St. Louis Blues snapped a 51-year streak. That's crazy. That's scary. It is. That's scary. Well, I mean, we're, in the, we're right in the thick of things when it comes to not having a cup at a... 
at a time in the franchise's history where it's surpassing 50 years. So we're right there too. I mean, if we look at the numbers and you look at the analytics and the, the data you just displayed to me, the Canucks are due. Hey man, let's go. Let's go. Or it could be another 50 years. I mean, the the glass half full, and I'm a, I'm a positive guy, man. I'm on vacation. Let's be glass half full guys right now. The Canucks have at least been to some finals. They've had their shots. Toronto's been over 50 years since they've been in the finals. St. Louis was almost 50 years since they were in a final too. So mm-hmm. uh, watching good hockey is important to me as well. But of course, it's all about the Stanley Cup. I got to talk about one final that I think changed the game. And it's my number four story on the top 10 storylines here on Silky and Filthy. The 2014-15 Stanley Cup final, for me, it was the signal of the change in, in the NHL, okay? For three years in a row, sorry, four years in a row, you had either Boston or LA in the Stanley Cup final, and it kind of inspired this big boy hockey mantra. Mike Gillis chased it when the Canucks lost in 2011, and the league still had the enforcers, the grinders. They were still around. But the 2014-15 Stanley Cup Final, to me, was one of the best of the decade. More on that later. But it was, a, it was a final all about speed and skill. It was the Tampa Bay Lightning, Chicago Blackhawks. It was a run-and-gun style of hockey. It was the, one of the fastest series that I've ever seen be, be played. And to me, the game, it coincided with a couple other things. But to me, that was it was the moment where the NHL kind of changed to this, uh, this fast-paced hockey that we're seeing today. I'm surprised you put this in uh, the five slide. I really thought this was going to be the number one thing. Well, you'll you'll see in the next uh, in the next couple ones too. Um, they all kind of relate actually. So maybe I'll just get right to number three. Yeah, because oh, sorry, was that number 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 five? That was number four. That was oh, number four. Oh shit! See, yeah. like, what a come on, man! Right off the break, that's how I'm starting things off. I'm gonna bring my fire for the next three. Okay, let's go. All right, number three. The three-on-three overtime is born in the NHL. Wow, this is number three. I didn't even think this was making the list. How can it not make the list? Do you think... Okay, let me let me just jump the gun here and take over this because I feel like I know where it's going. Is this at number three, not only because it's easy because it's, you know, three-on-three, three, number three, but because you think this is the future of the NHL, the future of the game of hockey. I'm talking 30 years from now, 40 years from now. Is is this it? I don't think it's going to go that far. And I, I, You know what? I wasn't even trying to do the whole three-on-three okay. three at three, number three. Actually, I, I switched this in the 2014-15 Stanley Cup Final only because even though the 2014-15 moment was a, like a watershed moment, in my opinion, three-on-three overtime is embedded into everyday NHL. Hockey's about entertainment. And we're get, we've <laughs> the entertainment value of NHL hockey has increased so much with three-on-three hockey. It's changed the NHL. It makes It's also made teams think more about speed and skill. It kind of relates to the 2014-15 Stanley Cup final in that way. But it's a game all about speed and skill now. And that is completely shown off in three-on-three hockey. I I don't know if we're going to see three-on-three hockey all the time. I think maybe in 10, 20 years down the road, maybe we see three-on-three overtime in the playoffs. Whoa, that would be intense, yo. I don't think we see that, man. I think people are scared to do that. That's what I'm talking. This is like okay, way well, down the road. I'm well, talking like maybe there, 10, 20 years. Okay, so people don't like five-on-five five overtime because they think it could last too long in playoffs, right? and it could make the game boring, and people got to go to bed, blah, blah, blah. What, what's wrong with the way the overtime is constructed right now? Actually, I love five. I love five. it. I love, I love it. it. I love it, too. I love it. I don't even want the change. If a game's taking a long time, that's hockey. That's the way it is. It it, it sucks for people who have to go to bed, but you could, you know, you could not go to bed. <laughs> you know, just watch the game. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Suck it up. Be tired the next morning because you're watching an unbelievable finish. 
I'm a sp- moment. Yeah. I'm spitballing a little bit. I could see maybe people say like, oh, the game kind of tapers off. Guys get too tired. Yeah, I'm spitballing a bit. I still, I yeah. think I, I'm not, I'm not advocating for this. I'm just trying to be uh, a bit forward thinking here. Yeah. You know, trying to use my brain, man. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but anyways, I, I put it high on the list because again, we're, this is embedded into everyday NHL. We see it all the time. We love it. When I'm watching the NHL network and I'm flipping through games, of course I'm going to the game where three and three overtime is being played. Oh, 100%. I don't care who's playing. I want to see three and three overtime. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, 100%. Okay, number three. That's that's crazy. I didn't think you were going to do that. This decade teaching me a lot, man, because again, I, I missed out on a lot of time during this decade. I wish I paid more attention to that Stanley Cup finals between Chicago and Tampa Bay back in the day in the middle of the decade. It would have really, It would have really done something for me, you know? Hey, fair enough, man. Uh, let me get to number two on the list. And this is a, a bit broad, and it, but it relates to one guy in particular. I'm going with the 2015 NHL draft as a watershed moment for the NHL as well. Mm-hmm. Great this draft. draft. We talk so much about the 2003 Drew, draft. This draft is better. This draft is better. It's better. It's better. Hands this is the down. best draft. I, you know what? I would have had this number one. Because this draft, it just sets the tone for what is going to happen in the next decade, real talk, because this draft was remarkable. The talent, the skill, fuck, it's fucked up. Yeah, and and this is part of the reason I kind of grouped uh, four, three, and two together. They all, to me, they all relate. They all signal the change of the game. Mm, you have okay. the, ba- the the biggest game changer in the game, of Connor McDavid. You have two smaller guys in Mitch Marner and Matthew Barzell, who you know people maybe would have shrugged their shoulders at or raised an eyebrow they wouldn't have been as highly rated look at how these two have dominated the nhl since mm-hmm. they came to the game yes 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 and then you obviously have other great players you got miko ranton and you got jack eichel um the defense has been crazy too like zach ransky has been really good um man it's just thomas shabbat kyle connor brock Besser, travis connecting uh sebastian aho is a second round pick like this draft is fucking unreal unbelievable man and it's given to some of the best players in the game so i'm giving a shout out to the 2015 nhl draft at number two hey Kyle, number one we almost made it man okay let me guess i don't know i i actually haven't looked at the homies list here once again he thought of every single idea on this list he's been watching the game longer i let him do his thing but i'm gonna guess here okay does this have to do this number one thing of the decade the moment that that put a spotlight on the NHL for its fans, does it involve Sidney Crosby? No. So it's not the 2010 Golden Goal? Well, I was thinking more NHL. That's fair why. enough, fair enough. Okay, yeah. so it's not Crosby coming back from the concussion. Oh, you already talked about that. Yeah, yeah put, you put, put it all into one. Okay, well, The, the Golden go. Goal is a good one. Actually, yeah, that, that kind of slipped my mind a bit because I was very just NHL focused Yeah, fair on enough, one. fair enough. You made a mistake. Mistakes happen. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm full of mistakes, man. It's true. Yeah. It happens, man. Yeah, yeah. Damn. No, no. Number number one, you got any more guesses? Number one moment of the decade, Connor McDavid being drafted. Well, you already talked about that, too. Damn. Um. What well, what was that? What was the what was probably the most surprising thing that happened in hockey in the decade? Damn! Why why are you doing this to you, bad? Um, I, I hope the listeners are either screaming at you or they're scratching their ball sack as well. Was it? Um, no, they're they're definitely screaming. I'm I'm looking at a whole bunch of little things. Was it uh, the NHL and the NHLPA? You know, prolonging. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I didn't even put the lockout on this list. I was like, about, fuck that. Was it? Um, Ovechkin winning a cup? No. Cl- you're, you're on the right track, though. What else, who, who was the other team in that final? Washington facing Vegas. Oh, 
Vegas Uprising. Oh, shit. Vegas Uprising, man. The biggest moment of the decade? NHL getting another team, that's a big That's a big moment. Everyone in the NHL outside of Vegas being wrong about the Vegas Golden Knights and their fan base, yeah, I guess that's a big deal. We're talking about I guess top, that is. We're talking about top stories of the decade, and I went a, bit, a couple different directions with this. And we talked about St. Louis never seeing that again. Yeah. You are you are guaranteed never going to see what happened in Vegas again. In sport. Yeah, I, like Seattle may be good. Maybe like the way that expansion draft is structured, Seattle might be good. Oh, are man. they going to go on a miracle run to the Stanley Cup final? No, I don't, no, they're I don't not, think they're so. Not. It's not like, going to happen again. What happened was it didn't make sense. It pissed off a lot of people. In, in the pre, in one of the previous episodes, we talked about Arizona winning a cup before Vancouver. Yo, when Vegas got to the cup final, people in the city all over the radio, and we're talking about the media members, not just the people who call in, were fucking rattled. And it's not just this market, too. Can you think of all the other markets yeah, that have gone on for long? So what, about, what about even... I know Arizona doesn't get a lot of attention, but... Arizona's watching their their closest geographical rival. Yeah, just go to the Cup final, whereas they hadn't made the playoffs in six years. You know, like <laughs> yeah, you know that whole moment where Vegas made the Cup final. I think they did it the right way. We we talk about Vegas a lot. They just play the right way. They're so team oriented. They all they're all bought in and they play exciting hockey. They somehow play such appealing hockey with no real superstars on their team, but they do it. They're fun to watch. They're incredible. They and have I, great players though. They have don't get me wrong. They have talent throughout their lineup but no real superstars yet they played this they played that type of hockey that i hope to see in the next decade throughout the whole decade they know how to do it yeah well they played hockey the right way and and one of the things i liked about vegas is i think that was their manager going in like let's at least be entertaining we're gonna have an entertaining oh, yeah. uh we're gonna have entertaining off ice stuff in terms of like their um what should i say their in-game entertainment yeah. They're going to play fun hockey, and it, you know what? It, it paid off. The it team really off. gelled together. Oh, there yeah. was the whole story, too. You know, we had oh, that. Yeah. You had the shooting in Vegas, and man. that was fucking tragic. Tragic. Uh, but the way the team. They won, man. The way the fans got behind the team, the way the team supported the city after all of that. Yeah, that's what sports do, baby. And they just got up to that crazy hot start after that, and everyone's just their jaws on the floor. I remember yeah. that whole season being like, are they really going to fucking keep this up? And they just kept winning. Kept going. They kept, kept winning. Going. Man. And then they get to the playoffs, and you're like, no, nah, I think I picked against them in every round. <laughs> Damn, man. And last year, they should have beat San Jose. Who knows where they were going to go last year? Yeah, when oh, the for sure. Them. And this year, too, they uh, to me, we talked about it previously. I still think they're the favorites to come out of the West. 100%. They're, they're deep. They're bought in. The fans have a huge, yes, huge part to do with it. They do. Real talk. They add to that atmosphere. They make it a fun place to play. I don't care if, you know, these are professional athletes. They're creatures of habit. Fans don't have that much to do. No, shut up. When you go to the arena and everyone has your back and it's that loud, it's an intimidating place to play. And you brought up the whole the whole tragic shooting thing. I remember that happening, waking up in the morning, everyone talking about it. It was just fucking gruesome. And Vegas doing what they did with big hearts for their city, for a new fan base. It, it was beautiful. It was magical. They didn't get the job done, but it was a great introduction to hockey and a slap in the face to everyone that doubted Vegas, including me. I mean, I've said it so many times. I want another team in Canada. I want another team in Canada. Is that being selfish? Yeah, maybe. But I also want this league to succeed. So when I see the NHL going to Vegas, I've been to Vegas. Vegas? Really? I was pissed off. I was pissed off. And now it's working. It's working. And I'll, I'll say this. I want the NHL to do so well that I don't care if I'm wrong about everything I say. As long as the league is doing well. Straight up, man. So that's it. That's my number one story of the 2010s, the Vegas 
Golden Knights. Oh, man. The list is over. I just want to apologize for my performance. It's been a long day. I'm fucking tired. I've been sitting in the seat for a long time. Hey. And I also want to apologize for not knowing everything, okay? Like I said, I took some years off the game. I'm excited to do this 10 years from now, man. So hopefully you don't have your quadruplets. Like, get a kid this year. Do your thing. Have the kid. You know, you got you got, you got got 12 more months here. 2020 going to be a beautiful time for Trevor Beggs and his family. You know, add them slowly, though. After that, add them slowly so we can get to 2030. You're still doing this podcast and think, heck, maybe, maybe we have our own radio show in the city of Vancouver. Heck, maybe we're the host of Hockey Night in Canada because I, I want to do this again in 10 years. I want to prove to myself that I got the game of hockey in my blood once again. Heck, I'm going to make the fucking list 10 years from now, okay? It's going to be yeah, my let's show. Go, man. And you're going to be the commentator on the side, okay? Good yeah. job, Trevor. Ah, uh, you know what? It's uh, you don't ever have to perform, or you don't ever have to apologize for your performance, man. I know it's been a long day. Maybe I think you, guys you do. Have I think you do. Too. I think you do. When you're doing a top ten decade list, you know it's a big episode, and for me to come out and give this C plus type of performance, it, it takes away from all the work you did, you know. So I'm an honest person, honest podcast, honest network. It is what it is. It's okay. I'll be better ten years from now. Hey, this is the home of puck talk and bullshit, man. You don't yeah. ever have to be hard on yourself on this show. Uh, the real winners in all this are the fucking listeners. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Happy New Year. Keep on tuning in to the Nuxmas Connect Network. Four shows. Holy shit, man. The arsenal is fucking loaded. Let's go. We're trying to get 10, baby. Hey, why not, man? So if you're listening in, come find us on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you get podcasts. Have a swipe. Have a tap. Make your hockey life a little bit better. I got to get back to the beach in Australia. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I got to stay in Burnaby, do some work. Provide to the listeners. The Nux Misconduct Network is the best place to find hockey podcasts in this whole fucking city. I'll say it. I'll say it. I'm not scared. It is what it is. 2020 is going to be a beautiful year for the people working under this environment. I hope it's a beautiful year for everyone listening to this. 2020, baby. Kill those fucking resolutions. Don't procrastinate. Anything is possible. And be happy. Get rid of all the negativity in your fucking life. Figure it out. Find a way. Find a way. Can I give some more advice? Can I just ramble a little bit more before we leave and, and hey, smoke man. this weed? Let's go. All right. Do this too. I gave some advice on the, the last episode. Now take some advice here. I just downloaded this app that blocks me from going on Instagram and Twitter and other things throughout the day. It limits, it limits me to only five minutes a day. And, and that says something about, yes, my addiction to, to my phone, which I have. I'll, I'll be brutally honest with you. This app also tells me how many times I fucking try to open those apps. It's an addiction. We're all creatures of habit. Use this app. I don't know what it's called. What is this called? <laughs> Use this app. I don't know what it's called. Okay, what's this app called? <laughs> I think it's called Stay Focused. It's called Stay Focused. I think I'm a little tired today, but I'm super happy. I think it's because I haven't been on my phone much in the last couple of days. I'm more alert. You know what I'm saying? So use this app. Social media is a beautiful thing. It really is. We're telling you to go on Twitter and follow us. We're telling you to use Spotify, Apple Music to follow us, listen to our shit. But if you stay off your phone and live in the moment more, you realize that this world is not a horrible place. It's a beautiful place and there's beautiful people all around you. Interact with those people. Live in the fucking moment. There's this dude in Colombia. Was he trying to sell us cocaine? Yes, he was, 100%. He's the first person I met in Colombia. On the streets. Sounds like a good guy. No, he Columbia's a beautiful place. I'm just laying out the fucking picture, okay? I saw him like a couple hours later. He's not trying to sell his cocaine anymore. But you know what he tells us? He's giving us a lecture. And he says this. 
live in the moment. And he, and he disappears. He actually disappeared. Damn, you never saw him again. Dude, he vanished. He just... And I took that advice. Live in the damn moment. Hey, he had to live in he had to live in another moment, obviously. But uh, Kyle, you ended on a sentimental note. I like it. So because I want twenty twenty to be beautiful for the people, man. It's hey. a new decade. It's a new start. Fuck this negativity bullshit, man. Just live in the moment. Live outside your screen. The world is a beautiful place. Thank you for listening, Silky and Filthy. Trevor doesn't get to talk anymore. My name's Kyle Bowen. Get the network. Happy holidays. Peace. <laughs>